I always forget how to do this again. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show with Doug Sprinthal from Walzer Automotive. Scott Walter. Darren Harrett, Walzer Collision Glass. Andy Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back with a special show. It's still called Car Selling Secrets? Yeah, it still is. We'll be right back with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, One of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Mr. Well, I downloaded it. <laughs> You're a disaster. <laughs> I downloaded it on my phone and had put a on my home screen, and I go to hit it, and it says file can't be found. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, so now I got to go back in my email. Time now for car selling secrets with Doug Sprinthal. Our special guest in studio today, a guy that I've known for 15 years, uh, Darren Harrett, who is. Are you a partner in these deals? I am. You I'm are. actually Paul and Andrew's partner. I wouldn't and, and have written Paul a check and, if I'd known that. <laughs> Paul and Andrew don't have very many partners. It's a pretty small club. I think it's you and Charlie and Chad, right? It, that's probably the only three, yeah. And just so I'm clear, how many do we have? One, two, three, four, five body shops? We have five body shops open to the public. We actually have six. We have a large facility down in a recon center. Um, we've got the Bloomington store, um, the Plymouth store. We have Auto Works of YZ, Auto Works of Shakopee, and Oatana Collision and Glass. It's funny because I get emails from people going, you guys don't happen to have a body shop, do you? And I said, yeah, we actually have like five or six of them here, kind of all over the place. So when we have guests on, and Scott, you can participate in, in this one and once Darren's turn is over, you get to tell us the story of the first car that you owned. Hopefully it's a good story, not boring. The Kathy Barth car. was in last week, and her first oh, car I love caught on fire. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And oddly enough, Tom had an Oldsmobile that caught on fire, yeah, too. I so did. you got to do better than that. Okay. Uh, my first car was a 1966 <laughs> Ford Mustang. Um, I actually, my first was a 65. Was it really? Yeah. Uh, I actually bought it from the Rockford School System. Uh, it was a shop project car for automotive mechanics. And the instructor, uh, that was back in when I was 15 years old, he wanted to get rid of it. And uh, I asked him if he'd be willing to sell it. He said, sure. So that's where I bought my first car. It was from the Rockford School System. and uh, Six-cylinder or 289? 289. Ooh, that's uh, a good engine. 
worked on it for a year before I was old enough to drive it, and, and that was my first car. So I'll tell you my 65 Mustang story. I, it was a, it was, I guess it was 1975. I paid 500 bucks for it because nobody wanted muscle cars in the mid 70s. You know, the gas was almost a buck a gallon, and people couldn't afford them. Yeah, <laughs> and well, it wasn't a that. really nice car, but it was my first one. It was a Mustang, and. There was a particular girl, God, I hope Sarah isn't going to listen to this episode, that I had my eye on for a long time, and I just I could never get anywhere with her. And it was the summertime, and it was over in Dinkytown. They had a big street dance, and Lamont Cranston was playing, and mm. I ran into this gal. And we you know, had a couple of beers, like 16-year-olds are supposed to do in a street <laughs> dance, and started making out. And she goes, can you give me a ride home? I'm like, oh. <laughs> slide into the Mustang. <laughs> so we're heading out of Dinkytown, and if you're familiar with the area, when you go by Pike Hall, that's where the river road starts, and there's a really sharp corner there. You can only make it about 20 miles an hour. There's a big yellow post on both sides. And I'm just pulling out from the stop sign, going really slow, and going, yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, God. Here we this go. This Thunderbird comes flying around the corner, the other way going about 50, starts at the headlight, ends at the taillight, totals the car. Oh, no. And I knew oh. the guy. His family owned the little 3-2 joint and right next to Al's breakfast called the Rascaler. And he gets out and he goes, oh, yeah. i got to take a leak before the cops get here because I'm hammered. I'm like, oh, oh crap. <laughs> and the young lady said, just drop me off. The car would still run, but it was, you know, he had to drive it from the center oh, because the no. door is all pushed in. So that's my Mustang story. All right, Scott, you're up. What are you, how are you going to beat that one? Oh, I, I I can't beat it. You know, I have to admit, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a car dork. I... I don't know much about them. To me, they're just a form of transportation. But I've always had a pickup truck because I'm always hauling either agates or fossils or stuff. And I've always had a Toyota. I had one of those little um, Toyota. It was red. I can't even tell you what the model was. It was the cheapest one they made. And I had that. I basically drove it in the ground. Then I got another one. I don't one. remember what they used to call them because I, Tacoma was is a, no, it's maybe not a, a Tacoma. It was like a 25, 20 years ago they started calling them Tacomas. Right. But before that, did they just call them pickups? I don't know. They were just little. And, yeah. you know, I would drive out to Wyoming and I would pull over just south of Lusk, Wyoming, on the eastern side of the state. And I would jump in the back. I had a topper on it and I'd sleep for like till the sun came up. I'd drive till I, you know, passed out. And then I would go to the quarry, dig, bring the fossils home, and I love that truck. And I've always had a Toyota pickup. Well, let's get you new and tell me about your 2010. Okay, it has 140,000 miles. Low. It's um, I've had it 2010. Is it a double cab? Is it, uh, it opens this way. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So um, the only bad thing is, is that I, I mean you have to be like a small person to fit in the back or a child. You really yep. can't put anybody back there. And you can't store anything either. It's just there's not a lot of room. But Scott, I love not, it. You're not helping us sell Toyotas. <laughs> this is one of the greatest emails. I love I've it. Ever I love the car. I don't care about that. I just got a text message. Darren talked about a Ford Mustang. Doug talked about a Ford Mustang. I right now drive a Ford Mustang. I got a text message. Scott's out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, these are the facts. I'm not going to pander to you guys. I'm telling you what I got. Well, that's true. Uh, well, I tell you what. Write down my email address. It's yeah. Doug at Walzer.com. Okay. And let's connect after the show. Um, Tacomas are, are really, really unusual in the automotive space. And I, they are great trucks, but 
the resale value on those, I've never seen anything like it, and, and they're consistently high, Okay, uh, which is great because it means your 2010 Toyota, uh, and it's a stick, right? Yeah. There are people looking for those, and it's getting harder and harder to buy a stick. That actually, I think, helps the resale value in a little bit. I want, I want to get another one. I just love it. Okay. I just love it. I've always had one, so I'd like to keep it if I can. We have them in stock, and you can keep it as long as you want. The, 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 the newer ones ride a little better than the 2010s. Not that 10s were bad. but No, uh, they it have, rides well. You they, give me the nice boy discount? Oh, yeah. No, we're a one-price dealer group. We spend $3 million a year on KQ advertising that, but nobody seems to I have four witnesses here. Three million? I got four witnesses. <laughs> really? Only $3 million. I thought it was Is more that, than that. Doug at Walzer, W-A-L-S-E-R. Yep. Okay, dot com. Yep, you're a Got disaster. It. So right. is the Toyota called the Hilux? That's, I, that's in different markets. Is it? Yeah, okay. That's uh, like Hilux. Africa, um, Middle what? East. There's a Toyota Hilux in Africa? Yeah, they call it, they, they, you know, they build similar products, but they have different names for oh, them yeah. in different markets. Yeah, it's hard to find the, the model for the old Toyota pickup trucks because everything's just Toyota pickup. Yeah, because I think that's what they call them. I think they just had really one. Just had but it was small. It was the, really small. The second and model I... they made was the T100, which was a heavy, a light-duty half-ton. But that came out in 92 or so. But before that, I think they were just to called Toyota pickups. It was so small. I And before I got that pickup, I drove a motorcycle. My first car was a motorcycle, a Kawasaki KZ650. And, you know, I always drove it super defensively because was that a, it's a uh, motorcycle. Was that a, a two-stroke? Four. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah. What was the Kawasaki triples? I had one of those. I think it was a 500. It was a rocket, though, man. Yeah. It, it, boom. But I drove my pickup. This pickup was so small. I drove it like the motorcycle, real defensive because it was, you know, that small. And I... Defensive driving is a good idea anyway. I Yeah, you know, I oh, think so. The first man. triple was 500. But they came from 250 to 750. Yeah, 500s were death machines. Man, where that where that bike was fast. Well, but... seven, uh, yeah, 750 cc motorcycle. I don't know about. Well, that, I mean, that's in the day. The thing that made that bike really scary. I wish La Nick was here. He could tell you, but yeah, it had a lot of power right and now. it was super super light and had terrible suspension and no brakes. It was just perfect. Oh, great! <laughs> Did you hear what happened to La Nick uh -huh. yesterday? Ooh, he's in Pesaro, Italy. Yep. <clears throat> right, he's buying a buying a motorcycle. Everybody says, "Where are you from?" He goes, "United States." Where in the United States? From Minneapolis. What's with all those people beating children in the streets? Oh yep. God, he saw the video, huh? It's no, yeah. it's saw, all over the news over world there. World news. Yeah. Some like the small news. towns in Italy. They're talking about how messed up <laughs> Minneapolis is. <laughs> how screwed up wow. Minneapolis so, is now politically. No, yeah, they're probably figure it's Indianapolis. Stupid Minneapolis, foreigners. Indianapolis, oh, whatever it is, it all works. I, I, I have a question for you, and then maybe you'll have to look this up. Have you ever seen a picture of, of food that made you want to vomit? <laughs> Pretty much every other thing I see on Facebook. It's like, I don't need to. You're, the, the, it looks crappy. I don't want to eat that. Did you see what KFC is now offering? No. Oh, wow. KFC has a Kentucky Fried Chicken Breast. And the bun is not one but two glazed donuts. Man. Oh, my God. Oh. That's nasty. You'd need to vape quite a bit of weed for that to sound like a good idea. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, let me bring up this bad boy for you so you can see the picture. Why do people do that with donuts? They, do, they make these weird... Oh, God, that looks vile. <laughs> 
I wonder why we have a weight problem in the United States. <laughs> uh, Look at that thing. They're oh, full donuts. They're full donuts. They're not even real. I thought you thought it was chopped in half. It's a no, no, it's, it's two, two donuts. donuts. That's uh, nasty. Look how nasty. And there's like mayonnaise on the donut. Like, oh, God. No, so, Tom, -ish. you know, they come up with all these gimmicks for these new products like at KFC. Right. Do they have like chicken on the bone anymore? I don't know if they do I think or not. They not do. many places do anymore. I mean, fried I, that's chicken my on the favorite. Bone is hard to find. Yeah, I mean, seriously. It's it like is hard to Kentucky find. fried chicken. You can't get the old chicken on the bone. Like So you can't anymore. I hate that. I love that. I don't even know. I think I think you can. I think you can. What you well, your so. products aren't, but you Once can. Once you tell your KFC order. story, yeah. Andy, about that, yeah. huh? 16 years ago. Andy's a 16-year-old. Andy's a 16-year-old kid. We moved to Golden Valley from Dayton, Minnesota. And we're about two weeks in. He calls me and goes, Dad, you're from North Minneapolis. I said, yeah. Why does a KFC here have bars on the window? <laughs> I said, get your food and get, get the out. hell out. <laughs> get out. What are you doing? I'm in KFC. That's the only KFC I could find. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there was a bar on the window for Yeah, the cashier had like an airlock where you put the money, you close the door, and then <laughs> they would open their door. Wow. <laughs> it's true. Yep. Oh, my God, I'll never forget. But seriously, now I'm going to have that in my head for the rest of the day. Ugh. I think you want it deep down here oh complaining, God. but you're running out of here and you're going to go get it. Can you imagine how messy that would be to eat anyway? Because a glaze comes off the donut anyway, oh, yeah. and now you get the grease from the Kentucky Fried. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not a big donut guy. I never have been. <laughs> don't, uh, hog the, don't hog the joint. Yeah. <laughs> you you the are joint. a geologist. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> is the only way a guy it's your size can sleep true. in the back of the that's toilet. How we, that's how we figure stuff out. We have to get out there and figure we should out. We probably steer this conversation a little bit Darren's way as he <laughs> yeah. drove all the way in. Ah, let's pick on Darren. I oh, like that idea much ahead. more. Yeah. i got to tell you something, Darren. Yes. The people you have working for you are as good as it gets. Well, thank you. I stood there uh, kind of just waiting for my waiting my turn. They were so nice to every customer that came in. They were very polite. They were very helpful. That's a big thing to me because I don't like endorsing products where people are dicks. Well, thank you. Yes, uh, we do try to take care of our customers. It's, uh, you do. You know, it's our true. folks. He um, just basically called you dickless. You. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Didn't want to point that out, well, Mr. Bernard. I don't want to be. In case too... your wife listens. <laughs> My that. wife does listen. Um, thank God. But no, I mean, we we try to surround ourselves with people that want to take care of our customers. They're really good people. Um, and I apologize for your weight. I have to say that. Well, there's uh, no weight. It was just you were busy. Brittany was actually in the office, and I I'm a recent brand new grandfather. Oh, Are you really? Yes. Congratulations. And, uh, she That's was looking great. at some pictures, so uh, it was pretty exciting. And then we noticed Tom was standing there. So she ran out. Uh, it was only a minute. And I did yell at Doug, like I promised you I would. The bill was so many dollars and 49 cents. <laughs> yeah, what's that? What's that? Sprint right. We're nothing if we're not precise, right, yeah. Darren? We've got these accounting people that keep insisting that yeah. you, you, you have to charge the customer for what it actually costs. So that's what we do. No, it's, it's been, you know, that's one thing that people, I think, do understand about me is I don't endorse people I don't like. I'm not going to, and if I find out after I've been endorsing somebody I don't like them, I don't do that anymore either. And I'm not going to lie for anybody. I'm not going to, oh, it was the greatest when it wasn't. So when I say things like, well, people know when I say, hey, you know what? You'll be treated very, very well. They will be. Yeah, you we know? appreciate that. I'm not going to make it up as I go along. 
God, who are some of the dicks that I used to endure? <laughs> well, is Larry Reed? <laughs> Larry. Wait, wait. Jim, Larry Jim Paul. <laughs> yeah, that guy's an a-hole. Uh, Jim Paul. Yeah, he's a horrible <laughs> human being. <laughs> Jim Paul's about as nice a guy as I I love his new commercial where he's wearing that a way oversized sport coat. He's so funny. I've known Jim now for, God, 35 years, something like that. You know, I met him through my old boss, Ted Turp, and those two oh, are, yeah. those guys are two peas in a pod. Oh, yes, and they are. The Absolutely. two of them. It's like, I don't know how it's going to happen or when it's going to happen, but I am going to get in trouble. <laughs> Paso Pass one time says to me, you do realize we are shoulder to shoulder. I got Ted Turp and you got Jim Paul. Oh, boy, you're screwed. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Oh, man, we used to go up golfing up up in Longville, Minnesota, up at uh, Woman Lake. Mm. Might have been a little cocktail. In Teddy's there. impossible to beat, and I, he's a better golfer than I am, but we used to play it uh, when I worked for him. He played at Olympic Hills all the time because oh, he lived yeah. on the seventh green, or yeah. still does, I think. And oh, does he really? Every once in a while I'd beat him, but he's like, yeah, let's just play a few more holes. Uh, you know, we'd be out there till 11 at night before oh, yeah. I kind of finally owed him 50 bucks. And Danny Luther <laughs> was still on the practice That's green. That's right. <laughs> I think they owned up. it, didn't they? I think the Luthers owned Olympic Yeah, Hills. they and Maybe did. they still do. I think they still do, actually. I think Danny had it redesigned, if I remember correctly. We've got to take a little break, and then I've got a bunch of actual body shop questions to ask Ooh, you that I'm curious about. All right. So we'll, we'll be we're right back. We're going to ask Scott about his body, too, okay? Yeah, well, okay. just to be fair. <laughs> there you go. We'll be back. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. <laughs> God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. <laughs> That's my life, though, dear. Right there. There it is right there. All right. Oh. See, now this is driving along with your top down in the middle of summer listening to this song. 
Yes. Tom Petty's good for that. Tom Petty is good. Good for road that. music. Very, very true. Too soon. Yeah. Too soon, Tom Petty. It's yeah. true. It's all true. So here's my automotive body repair questions. Yes. And you, I would assume that keeping up to date on how to repair modern vehicles, you guys have, must have a fair amount of training to do that with all these sensors and stuff that they have. So I got. Uh, my insurance bill went up just a little bit. Not bad, but the agent is a friend of mine. So, I, you know, I called him up and I said, hey, you know, I haven't had any accidents in forever. Uh, it, there was one, but it wasn't really an accident. It was a claim, but it was, you know, road damage. Um, how come my bill went up? And he goes, well, the, well, these modern cars with all the sensors in them, it costs a lot more to repair them. And so I hung up and I thought, yeah, I suppose, because they've got... You know, a lot of cars have radar, guided cruise control, and lane departure warning, and all these sensors in the bumper. And But then I thought, don't those cut down on accidents? Well, a lot of people would think so. And, and they actually make them safer. Right. Um, so they they're safer, safer less collisions. So how does this work? And am I getting screwed by him? Come on, Darren. No, you're Come on, Darren. <laughs> it's all our fault. No, yeah, actually, exactly. they are getting really, really sophisticated. Uh, our folks need to be trained and trained and trained. Uh, as you know, Doug, uh, we have to have, be certified for all of our brands that we sell and then some. Uh, and that is really expensive. And the technology has gotten to a point where we have to be on top of that before it actually is out to the public. So we're training our people in advance. Um, you say the active cruise controls. Um, it used to be you'd break a windshield and you'd put a windshield in. Yeah. Um, nowadays, you not only put the windshield in, but you have to recalibrate the safety restraint system, the cruise control. There's cameras that go through the windshields, the A-pillars and the backsides of mirrors, uh, and those have to be recalibrated. So we actually have a mobile crew, uh, Rod Ellison and Autoglass. He does a great job. I know. He's us. been to my house three times in the last year and a half. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, no, you're uh, welcome. Thank the trucking industry. Yes, yes. Damn! And it, it used to be you just go out and put a windshield in, and those days are unfortunately over. Darren, can I ask you a question? And this little off topic, but maybe not. I'm scared to death of self-driving cars. Um, is oh, that yeah. is that yeah. where we're going? And can you give us any insight into that? What what do we have to look forward to in that regard? You know, I think it's inevitable. That's where they're putting all their money and research. Mm -hmm. When that's going to happen, and if it's going to be a, a a total system of self-driving vehicles. You know, time will tell. Uh, maybe Doug can speak more. Of that. Well, you know, we've talked about this in previous shows, and it is something that crosses people's minds. Um, I think that it's going to be a generation or two away. Really? Okay. Uh, for a few reasons. The technology is not ready yet. It can work in really closely, I don't want to say guarded, but, you know, the weather conditions have to be really good. Um, you know, the, the, the obstructions have to be clear and visible. You know, it's got to be pretty simple. Uh, so th the comparison is imagine it's February, it's 35 below zero. We got eight inches of snow on the ground, and the, the wind's whipping at 40 miles an hour. The autonomous vehicles can't handle that. Yeah. The other part of it is, and this is what you're talking about, is a generational thing. I think people that are our age that grew up driving our own cars are going to have a really hard time giving, getting rid of that control. So what in my mind, and this is just me, I think that it's going to take technology to advance and another generation of people that grow up and not know any other way to get around. Yeah, and I think right. they'll be fine with it. So like Darren says, it's coming. Is it coming next week? I don't think so. Um, 
you know, there's a, there's a lot of change going on in our industry in the last 10 years or so with technology and new propulsion systems, new way, you know, ride sharing was going to put the, the car right. dealers out of business. Now that doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, it, you know, the subscription service, we talked about that last week where you give Lincoln or Porsche $2,000 a month and you can pick whatever car you want to drive for oh. a couple of days. Oh. But that doesn't seem to be working. It's, you know, people are being creative and trying to think of, future vision for automobiles and transportation and some of it will probably work and a lot of it isn't going to um you know this country is really really big uh and for a lot of us that don't live in major metropolitan areas the whole ride sharing autonomous vehicle thing doesn't is, make sense might not make sense yeah. yep. so, what, what about cost of self-driving cars is that more well, nobody knows until they build them. Um, but, you know, that's uh, we talk about Uber a lot, and one of Uber's big investments is in autonomous vehicles. And to me, that it seems like it's going to sink the company, and I'll t explain why. Right now, Uber's cost is all in maintaining the platform, legal issues, all that sort of stuff, and paying their drivers. But they don't have any inventory costs because the drivers use their own cars, Own right? cars, yeah. So if they were to replace all those drivers and they with autonomous vehicles, and it wouldn't be a one-to-one -one switch. In other words, an autonomous vehicle could, you know, theoretically run 20, 22 hours a day. Right. Uh, but it's still worldwide. It's a million vehicles, and if they're fifty thousand dollars a piece, just pulling a number out of the air. Last time I did the math, what's fifty thousand times a million? That's a big number, isn't it, That's Andy? That's a lot. <laughs> yes. Isn't it like yes, five it trillion dollars? Fifty thousand times one million. million. Isn't it funny that we That's can't do that in our head? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Let's see. We never use those numbers. <laughs> yeah. Million. I don't need it to balance my checkbook. <laughs> fifty billion. Yeah, fifty yeah. billion. Yeah. That's a pretty big capital expense, oh, and yeah. that's even yeah. if they're fifty thousand dollars. The average uh, MSRP of a car sold in the U.S. now is about thirty-eight thousand dollars. It's gone up in the last seven or eight years. Not that cars have gotten more expensive, but people are switching from. Toyota Corollas to RAV4s are going into more expensive vehicles right. because of the all-wheel drive and the safety. And the economy is really good, too, so people right, can afford right. them. But it's, uh, you can't, we don't have a crystal ball, but it, those are really good questions, and I think about that a lot, too. As a, as a dealer, I think what af will affect us more in the short term is the advent of electric cars. Mm. And they are coming, and we'll, we've got a couple of stories to read about that later, but um, those cars... Uh, Whenever the EPA thing gets straightened out, we'll get into that a little bit later. You know, the, the, all the big manufacturers are building them. You'll see them, and China is driving the world auto industry because that's the largest market in the world. And they're pushing for electric cars. Europe is as well. America is a little bit farther behind, but they're getting there. What that means for dealers, these cars don't really break down much. They brakes, tires, uh, batteries once in a while and that's about it so you know a with big, the electric cars big revenue stream yeah. for dealers is repairing automobiles you know yeah uh, yeah tune-ups every twenty-five thousand miles or whatever it is so on and so forth and the little so, lights that go on come on right. in yep. you know yeah i mean i the, hate those things by the way well we do them <laughs> just know. to get you in the dealership so we can trade you out of your oh Tacoma. is that what it's for <laughs> yeah that's right really <laughs> we actually have a force field around the dealership that'll set those things <laughs> off when people drive by on the highway guess where i'm not going that's yeah. right near you yeah just stay away from the car dealer you heard it here first on car selling secrets yeah no more eating at the olive garden on 494 no i i think they're they're working on that there's a big construction i don't know if they're getting rid don't of it or what the deal is is it what? shut down 
I didn't it know is that. right now. It's the all day. torn is up. It really? Yep. I didn't know that. Janet, now, whether it could just be a massive remodel. I've noticed that with McDonald's around the Twin Cities. Yeah. Oh, yeah. close McDonald's, yeah. knock one down, and then three months later, there's a brand new one there. It's like, well, the old one wasn't that bad. I, the Olive Garden of... is our tradition. When my wife takes me to the airport, when I go on a shoot, we stop at Olive Garden, and we have that beautiful salad. Don't tell me it's shut down. The one in Bloomington, right on 494? 494 yeah. Yeah. It's right next to our Buick uh, store and yeah. two doors down from our Toyota dealership. Ah. Remember Nick DiPaolo's great line about Olive Garden? Mm-mm. So my family comes to town. My wife decides we should all go to Olive Garden. So we go to Olive Garden. The next morning, my uncle from from Italy car bombed my vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he didn't care for all of them. <laughs> well, it's Italian food. They'll like that. I don't Look, know. All they Italians don't like breadsticks? I don't know. Oh, I think bread it's all right. Endless breadsticks. That's right. Fantastic. My mother used to love to go to Olive Garden. I know that. She loved it. So that's when I ate there was with Toots. The two things she did, she wanted to go to Olive Garden, and the other time, well, Tommy, this Mall of America opened up, and I want to go over there because I heard the food's really good at Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, did you, my take, her, to did you take her there? <laughs> yeah. Oh! Oh. I took my mom to Hooters. And she liked it, didn't she? Oh, yeah. She was like 85 years old. She's like, well, the outfits are kind of skimpy. <laughs> <laughs> the wings are good. <laughs> the wings are good. The wings oh, are good. not a problem. Oh, uh, yeah. Toots was, she's oblivious to all that stuff. It's like, hey, that's how they have to dress. She was a waitress for 30, 53 years. Yeah. So, you know, she understood. She rolled with it. She yeah. rolled with it. God, she was unbelievable. I wish you guys could have met her. Mm. My God, what a human being she was. <laughs> Putting up with my crap the whole time. You imagine that? <laughs> well, you weren't the only one. I met some of your brothers and sisters, too. Oh. I bet that was a, she had her hands full. I guess. How, how many siblings do you have? Four brothers and two sisters. Really? Where do you fall in the mix? Right in the middle. Okay. I have an, an older brother, two older sisters, and then three younger brothers. Okay, so they, they coached you up, they straightened you out, and then Half you did the same? Half of them talk to me, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Half of them will not talk to me, so I have no idea what the oh. hell the deal is. Although, I will tell you this, when I heard yesterday that Bobby O'Brien got the new job, national security job, that's my sister's name is Bobby O'Brien. So I thought, hey, I'm in. <laughs> Turns out to be a guy named Robert. So yeah, darn it. Wasn't that exciting? Wrong Bobby O'Brien. She also was the only... Mary's a guy named Patrick O'Brien who's half Puerto Rican. It's like, okay. <laughs> I said, do me a favor. Don't drink around me. Half Irish, half Puerto Rican? No, you're good. Like, Does no. he talk like Rosie Perez by any chance? Or... <laughs> yeah, there you go. That would be pretty funny. No, that family, the O'Brien family to this day, nicest people on earth. God, they're nice people. Mm. It's terrific. Pat's no longer with us, unfortunately, but what are you going to do? Either's toots. That's what he makes me really sad. But, you know, that's just how it is. I'm still looking at that. i, I got to close this. I can't look at that donut. <laughs> chicken thing. I, I keep looking up, and there it is. And like, Gaining weight just looking at your I know, exactly. I know. I hate that. Put on about 10 pounds just looking at Are it. Are they trying to outshine Popeyes? Because I don't think that's going to work. Oh, by the way, a listener said that you can get bone-in uh, bone chicken at Popeyes. They said it's really good. Really? There you know you what? Go. I've never been there. I've not either. Now I'm going. You can go to the one that Andy thought was, it used to be a KFC. You can go to that one. That's a Popeye's now. So okay, get the red beans and rice. That's oh, the best. Thing. Really, it's really good there. Yeah. I love red beans. I and do rice. too. I still love the guy though that bitched to the news because there was a four ninety nine three piece chicken oh. right and he <laughs> ran out of it. He goes, man, it's unbelievable. I took a cab from Burnsville. 
you spent fifty bucks to buy a five dollar deal, and you're pissed at it. Okay. Yeah, because they ran out of chicken. They ran out of chicken. Here yeah, you exactly. go again with that. You know who owns that Popeyes? Who? The Nigerian family. Oh, really? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Nigerian, the the old man opened it. You ever shake hands with John Nigerian? I Senior? never met him. I met his. His son, hands are like Peter, this right? Big. <laughs> wow. His hands are like twice as big as mine. Like holy Christ! He's got mitts. I know his son was a football player. Was was John too? Yeah, must have been. Uh, yeah, pretty sure he was. Yeah, okay. Peter. Yeah, Peter still. Peter and John Jr. still have that uh, show on uh, CNBC. Yep, they're doing really well. Investment show on CNBC. Mm-hmm. Good, nice family. I haven't seen any of them in quite some time, but yeah, they're really decent people. Except for every time I saw John Sr. Every time I saw him. Hey, Tom, how you doing? Still got the face for radio. <laughs> Shut up, you pain in the ass. I've never heard that one before. First time. Let me write that down. Can I borrow your pen? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it all works out in the end, right? Yeah. So, Catherine's talking, talking about, uh, Catherine, I've been talking about the fact, I do have to get a four-wheel drive vehicle for up, for, for winter. Up okay. There. Yeah. Because I do have the rear-wheel drive Mustang and the rear-wheel drive Jaguar, and that's just not yeah, going to work. it's not good. It's not going to cut it. And that's down in Florida, the Jaguars. But that car is, might be the fastest car I've ever driven in my life. So do you want a car, or do you want an SUV or a truck? Catherine's got an SUV, so we don't need that. Okay. So Probably an all-wheel car. drive car? I'm a, I'm a pretty much, and maybe that Jaguar, because you, you showed me that. Well, thing. we do make, that Jag does make all-wheel drive versions of the XJ, which oh. are just fabulous cars. And if you want, I will look around for it's one. It's like a Rolls-Royce kind of, you know, yeah. I mean, it really is. Yeah. My God, that's a nice car. Yep. It is absolutely true. But I did learn something, that if you're going 70 on the freeway, and you have to go around somebody, you can still spin the tires yeah. if you punch it. Like, He's got a turbo God. XJ. Holy oh, Billy Ward comes that thing done. fast. And it's and it's fast and it's a big car too, which it's is unusual. Huge, yeah. I mean the back seat is like you're in your living room. Yeah. I love it. And I grew up in North Minneapolis. I like those kind of cars, right? You know. All right. Well, I'll I'll send you some suggestions. I know you like to buy late model because you don't drive very much. It doesn't. I make, don't drive very much at all. Sometimes brand new cars don't make a lot of sense for people like that. But, and I like cars too. It's, Sarah drives an all-wheel cars. drive 300 that she just loves. And I, you know, I got a CRV which is handy for towing and all that sort of stuff. But for driving, I'm yeah. maybe it's just because I'm old. I like cars. What do you have, Darren? Uh, I've got a suburban. Uh, All right, well, that's about the end of the segment. We'll be right back after this exciting announcement from our sponsors with more from Darren. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry, This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. It's Tom telling you that you can lose an average of 26.2 pounds on the 40-day weight loss program powered by Nutramost. I lost 92.5 pounds in less than five months, thanks to the Sheehy Brothers and the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program powered by Nutramost. And I encourage you to let them help you lose weight as they teach you how to stay healthy and keep that weight off. Take it from me. Having a coach keeps you accountable and it makes achieving your goals so much easier. Let the ultimate wellness and weight loss program powered by Nutramos help you. 
Schedule your immediate consultation or attend the Nutrimos free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, August 19th at Jake's in Plymouth. Call now, 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Study data comes from client-submitted data to a third party for tracking of daily weight loss and progress through the Nutrimos weight loss programs. See website for full disclaimer details. Back to Suburban Talk. You only gave him 10 seconds on the Suburban. <laughs> I know. Well, they're the boring. Oh, my God. I wow. do have a question, though, because... Doug, I, I want to explain. Go ahead. I move a lot of parts back and forth between the body shops, and you can't fit a bumper cover in a Prius. You know, your employees are listening to this, and they're just going to go, he hasn't hauled a bumper cover in over nine years. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. Uh, I wanted to talk to you because I was talking to uh, the recruiting team a couple of days ago about, you know, running a business. It's kind of funny because when economic times are great, there's a lot of business out there, but it's hard to hire people because unemployment's low. Is that? And I know in our service departments, finding qualified automotive techs is, is really, really a challenge. Do you see the same thing in the in the in the you call it collision world, or yep, absolutely. What do insiders yeah. call what you do? It's the collision world, but so it's not like the Earl Scheib. Team. It's not. I thought okay. that was only when my daughter started driving. <laughs> that was pretty much collision world. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, after Alex got her license, we went to from one body shop to six. <laughs> it's surprising exactly. how that happened. Exactly. Uh, but no, it, it is incredibly difficult. I mean, finding good quality certified technicians. Uh, is really difficult for us. And, and so we, is the certification done through a VOTEC of some sort? No, most of it's done through ICAR, which is our industry uh, training standards. Okay. Uh, ASC and ICAR. Um, we, we have started a program where we have tried for years to find the quality pre-certified, pre-approved technicians, and they're just so hard to find that we've started growing them from the ground up. So how do you do that? How does that work? Well, we got in touch with uh, the Votex uh, for Auto Body, Auto Body Schools, and even went into the high schools and supported some of their programs. Hmm. And today what we do is we take the top of the top students out of the Votex. You give and, all the crappy ones to Luther? Well, we... we <laughs> it's know, okay, you can say. They don't listen to this. That's really I'm nice. A, I'll tell you a really good story about that. Um, up in the North Metro, Ron Fershner is the instructor up there, and I don't want to get Ron in trouble, but... Uh, about 13 years ago, he called me up and said, I got this young kid coming out of OTEC that I think you ought to take a look at. And I said, well, sure, I will take a look at anybody, but right now we're kind of full. We have enough people. And he said, well, I think this kid's going to really be good. So I said, well, send him over. What's his name? He says, his name is Matt. Turns out it's Ron's son. So long story short, Matt worked out very, very well. We got him the training he needed. He's one of our top technicians now. And along a few years later, he called me back up and said, I got another student. Really top <laughs> really shelf student. Really top shelf. shelf. Yeah. You think the other guy That's was good. That's his other son. <laughs> uh, so, so both Ron, uh, both of his sons work for us down in Bloomington. Do a great job. And Ron has always been a good supporter. Ron. And so let me ask you this. So a guy like that, and then they get in their 30s or, you know, late 30s, they're at the top of their game. What, what, what do they make, Roughly. Uh, you've got body techs that can make anywhere from, you know, guys like that, 70, 75, 80,000, up to, you know, at that peak of their career, over 100,000. Pretty I, I would assume that because yeah. that's about the same for, uh, for auto techs as well. I mean, we've got a couple in the company that make 
probably about a hundred and a quarter. It's a smaller group, but Absolutely. it is possible. So Absolutely. You know, people that are looking for alternatives to traditional four year colleges, this is an industry that uh, is is not gonna go away. No. And nope. it's and it's gonna require more and more sophistication, I assume, as cars get more and more complicated. Like Absolutely. We were talking about earlier. Absolutely. They're not gonna fix themselves. So if you were uh, uh, had somebody that was interested in coming to work for you, how would they get a hold of you? <laughs> <laughs> I did have a really good guy from what I was saying. He's really solid. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> I mean, my they, son. <laughs> they could contact us at, at uh, walzer.com or they could email me directly at dherrett at walzer.com. Or you can always get a hold of me at Doug or, at Walzer. People remember that. Yeah. It was the yep. only smart thing I did two years ago was shorten my email address because nobody know how to spell Sprintall. So. Right. Is there an F in there? Well, it's, if you want it to be, I suppose. <laughs> an F. No, I'm just kidding. It was a joke. That's more than a joke. It's true. There's no F. Mark Rosen thought it was Sprintall, didn't he? No, he's he said Sprintall for a while. Sprintall, Sprint yeah. that's right. A lot Sprint of people Hall. do that. Rosie, I miss Rosie. I love Rosie. I do how's, too. How's his wife doing? Not great. The last I heard. Really. Mm. Uh, it's really unfortunate. Mark Rosen might be one of the nicest people I've ever known in my entire life. I mean, he's no Doug Sprinthal. No, well, a few people yeah, could be. few people could be that <laughs> nice. But no, it's. Uh, I hope everything does work out. He, he's heartbroken. I mean, he just is destroyed by this thing. It's terrible. I you did know. some. I did commercials with him on KFAN, and uh, we, we did them. They were studio reads, and so we'd go there once a week, and we'd make Honda commercials, and the producer wanted us to huddle around one mic. Well, Mark's got a really loud voice. He does, I mean, yeah. And I don't. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm quieter. And so he's like, get closer, get closer. Yeah, and, you're quieter. And we're about the same size. He's maybe 6'6 six, six or so. He's, six, six, he's a big I mean, guy. We're, we're close. Yeah, uh, six, but six. he drinks coffee. And he's got the worst coffee breath. <laughs> so we're right around the mic, and he's right here, and he's like, yes, this weekend, Walzer Honda. I'm like, <laughs> it was great motivation That's to do the commercials really nice. in one take. That's well, I really told nice. him that. I would never say anything behind his back. I said, dude, can you brush before we do the next commercial? Oh, oh well, that's a little hard. <laughs> I tell you, he's got some loyal fans. I, I did one. Well, he does, yeah. One time, and I, you know, I write all our, our all our scripted commercials, and that was I don't remember why, but I was looking for him, and he was on vacation, and I started with. Rosie, Rosie, where is that bonehead? And then the producer says, oh, he's out on vacation. I get some hate mail for calling him a bonehead in a no. commercial. Oh, Mark wow. Rosen is a fine human being. Oh, like, oh my God. God. Lighten up. It's a car commercial. We're, We're kidding. <laughs> Last week, you and Doug had a falling out, huh? <laughs> you <laughs> told me that. That was funny. What was it? What was the line again? That, uh, well, it's the secret sale with the Toyota deal. <laughs> I was just kind of kidding around and. Because of Toyota's pricing, we can't disclose what our best price is, what we'll sell the cars for, unless we have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with customers. In other words, you can't put it on a broadcast mm. or a public forum like a website. Or an, and They're trying to do brand protection, and Toyota isn't the only one that does that. So the, the commercial is, we, we've got a sale on Ravs and Highlanders this month, but it's a secret sale, and Tom's asking what it is, and I keep saying I can't tell you. We're kind of riffing on who's on first, and... Finally, Tom says, I'm about to tell people that we're not actually friends. So I wrote that in there, and then we kind of disclosed And they the believed shtick. it. Somebody did apparently <laughs> think that we were fighting. Although in listening to that ad, you'd wonder how you could draw that conclusion. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But 
okay. I didn't even tell you to shut up in that commercial like I do sometimes. So speaking of listeners, I got an email from uh, Leon, who was the guy that gave you that, made that smoked salmon for you about a month ago. Oh, Leon, yeah. Great job, Leon. And uh, his wife, they uh, he cooks for Muddy Waters in Prescott, and his wife is a server there. We've known her longer than we've known him. And he heard me this morning saying, you know, we've got to rename Car Selling Secrets because there's really not that many secrets anymore. It's about stories like that. Right. They're right. tangentially related to the car business. And uh, he says, yeah, uh, Lynn has one suggestion going and call it Hey Candy because I used to goof with Lynn and I gave her a stripper name. I thought, well, we can't really call the podcast (laughs) Hey Candy. Uh, And Leon came out with, how about idiots sitting around talking about cars? I'm like, well, that's maybe not a great name. But (laughs) but keep them coming. It might be accurate, but not as catchy. But, you know. I don't know. I don't, you, do you really want a new name because it's not secret? Well, I don't know because it's a little deceptive, and I, I guess it maybe we don't need to change it, but I'm thinking, you know, there's so many podcasts out there, and obviously you want to get as many listeners as you can because you think you're cool and fascinating, and why wouldn't people listen to you? But if I'm casting around for stuff to listen to, I don't know if Car Selling Secrets really describes what we do anymore. It kind of started out that way, but then, you know, in some of the episodes we haven't, really actually talk about cars at all well we have i've had a couple uh listeners text into our call and text line it's 612-295-1526 by the way um someone uh suggested walzer auto presents schmoozing with sprinthal in the land of cars see the problem with that is nobody outside of the kq or walzer universe is going to know who i am Mm -hmm. or they just said sprinthal's garage or yeah. Sprinthal's Garage Dog. Mm-hmm. And, that so was... I, and maybe we'll never change it. It's ranking organically number one in Google, which is so which is helpful if people are trying to find it. They can just type in Walls or Podcast or a bunch of different good. things, and it just shows up. So people are listening to it, and it's uh, getting a lot of great feedback and selling and fixing some cars. And we've hired some people straight off the podcast. They had Ryan in here yeah, maybe two months ago, and yeah. guy called up and goes, hey, could I have a job? It's like, uh, no. <laughs> oh, no, you can't. We have about, too many employees. We need to fire a few first. Why don't you t- do a rhyme deal? Sprinthal's downfall. What do you say? <laughs> God. Yeah, What's that's a good. That that's good. That's a catchy one. It's a catchy I kind of like Hey Candy better. <laughs> I like Hey Candy better than that. Oh, and yeah, by the way, if anybody that. calls to get Greg's secret sale, uh, wish him a happy birthday. It's his birthday. Oh, that's right. It's Greg oh, Davis's birthday today. Yeah. Happy birthday, birthday, Greg. Over at the over at the Toyota store. Yeah, absolutely. What was that deal again? Where you, everybody everybody's stripper name? How did that work again? How did I come up? They came up. Everybody has a stripper name, and I can't remember how. Oh, they, it's one yeah. of those take the how first that, letter. Yeah, of the yeah. and then the name of your dog or something. Yeah, it has to do with your street and the street and dog yeah. and yeah. or something like that. Or your pet or something. Oh, that's right. Because my stripper name would have been uh, Herbie Spruce. <laughs> Boy, that'd bra- that'd drag him right mine, in. Mine yeah. would have Herbie been Herbie Spruce. Sassy Wentworth. Yeah. Ooh, now see, that's right. a good name, right? That sounds Sassy like something Wentworth. off of like. You know, Falcon Crest or something. Down Abbey. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, Abbey. it's Sassy Winford. <laughs> so, Andy, you would be, you'd be Clayton Brockton. Mm-hmm. 
Clayton Brockton, the dog so Clayton Brockton. How do, you discern, how do you determine your stripper name? How does that work? It's your dog in the street in which you... Your first yeah. pet. The first, yeah. the your first oh, pet. Oh, my first God. Mine would on. be Electra Milk. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty horrible. Electra Milk? Milk Street is a famous old street in Boston, and I lived in Lexington on Milk Street, which was named after That's the one phenomenal. in Boston. phenomenal. <laughs> Electra, Electra milk. Her nick, it was a. My mom has always had English bull terriers since she was a little oh kid. She probably had twenty of them. And when I was my first one, when I was a kid, it was Lexi, but it was short for Electra. So I don't know. Is Lexi milk? Is that a better stripper name? I think any no, stripper to the name stage, that ends Electra in milk. milk. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just what do you got, good. Scott? Mine Darren. would be Oli Lotus. Oli Lotus. Oli Lotus. <laughs> well, sounds like a, like we got a, a little Scandinavian god. <laughs> <laughs> God. You know, honestly, with stripper names like that, we would go broke in a mining town. <laughs> you want to yeah. go to the strip club? No, I Let's don't think so. Let's go see Herbie Spruce. <laughs> yeah, what a great idea. Sounds like a comedian's name. Darren, what do you got? It would have been Rebecca Smokey. <laughs> Or you, Smokey Rebecca. You so might be our leader. So, that yeah. works. That works. Yep. Yeah. Coming up after oh, Lexi's. Should I tell him a story about Herbie? Finish it off? You might as well. Herbie was our dog. He was a German Shepherd, nicest dog in the damn world. And all of a sudden, he just didn't come home for a couple of days. A couple of days later, I found him beheaded in front of the dentist's office. Are you kidding? Yeah, oh, they no. beheaded the dog. Who's they? I don't know. Somebody just decided they didn't like our dog, and they beheaded him. God dang Lutherans. Yeah, typical. <laughs> wow. Typical white men. <laughs> Did you ever wow, find the head? Terrible. Oh, yeah, we, the head was there, and so oh. was the body. Yeah, oh. it was all there. Jesus. But I said, you know what I did? I went back home and said, hey, you should go get that. Because I ain't touching it. Oh. <laughs> I guarantee you that. Two days out in the sun. Because it was kind of in some bushes in front of the dentist's office. Mm. Oh, did you, what did God. you do to piss somebody off? Or? Do you know me? listen to the KQRS morning show? Before you ever heard of the KQ morning? <laughs> yeah, I've been pissing people off since I was about two. So, you know, I understand that. Such a oh, Darren just goes, yes, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> that's real nice. It wasn't a horse head. No, it wasn't a horse head. That's good. In the bed. Yeah, that would have been bad. That's a good thing. Yeah, I've had quite the interesting life. I was in seventh grade. I was 11. I could scar a fella. Oh, I've got oh, a lot yeah. of things. That's why Tommy's on THC because of that PTSD deal. <laughs> well, you heard about what happened to me last week, right? Uh-uh. Fawny was at the house. Oh. And she decided, I don't know why, but she struck out at me and hit me right in the face. I literally went into this deal. I almost punched her back because it's just that it was, I have that. The reflex. Mm-hmm. It, it's humiliation. To me, oh. being hit in the face is humiliating, yeah. and it feels really bad. But thank God I didn't. Oh, yeah, that yeah. would uh, that would curb your grandparents' career in a hurry. <laughs> I just punched her once. I yeah, mean, we, what's the big deal? Shake it we off. We heard about it. Oh, yeah, I heard Catherine talked about it on the air. Thank yeah. you so much. Well, that you, you, you do know that of... this is broadcast on the Internet, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that you got hit by a three-year-old, and then you didn't want to go to dinner. Oh, I was. I, and it wasn't just the anger was from humiliation. Yeah. It wasn't the fact that it hurt or anything. It's like, to me... And I know the reason why, because when I was at North High School, I was, uh, I guess, about 14, and a guy sucker punched me. And since that day, I cannot stand people throwing punches or 
anything around the head. I that can't ha- do it. That happened to me at West Diamond Junior High School in eighth grade. <sighs> there was a kid who had been held back about four or five times. He was probably 17. And I'm in eighth grade, and I'm, you know, 5'11 and about nine pounds. <laughs> and I get books under both arms. And he had this oh, weird deal where his eyes would go like this all oh, the time. Yeah. And he just walked up and, boom, knocked me out with one shot. And went, so he just sucker punched. Yep. See, this is what I'm saying. It sucks. It's not fair. I That's the end happen. of car selling secrets for the for the week. <laughs> Scott's got his sad story right, first. I played basketball uh, over at Crosstown, and there was this young kid was on the team on my team. Never saw him before. His girlfriend is sitting in you know the little space there watching all this, and he's showing off for. Her. He's not passing. He's not setting picks. Right. Shooting the ball. He's horrible. Right. He's horrible. No, he's horrible. Yeah. And at one point, you know, the and he's not playing defense. His guy scores. So I pass the ball to him and I go, you know, play some defense. And I went like this, and the ball hit him in the chest, and embarrassed. What happens? Embarrassed him right. in front of his girlfriend. Oh, I went yeah. running past him kind of slowly. And then he comes up and he just boom. You know, you don't want to mess with people on the mean streets of Eden Prairie. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, pretty love rough at the Christ. I played Eden basketball Prairie. over there with Shelby on those oh. guys. Oh yeah, Shelby played over there all the oh, time. Oh, he's he a was basketball. A, he's guy. a dirty. Oh. Yeah. he's a dirty player too. He's a I can guy. see it. Oh yeah, he's a dirty. He's player. aggressive as hell, but yeah, he's a total hack. <laughs> oh my oh, God! Lord. I'm not the least bit surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Shelby's not even here to defend himself. I gotta give him a call one of these days. As a matter of fact, I haven't talked to him in a while. He's a great guy. He is a great. He's been guy. a guest on our show a few times. Oh, has he? Oh, As sort of my my mentor, right? Oh yeah, I remember he oh, was yeah, on that's an true. episode. Yeah, that's yeah. True. Yeah. He's been on. He's great. And I've I've uh, talked to him privately about some of the research. He's really a great historian. Oh, he is a very smart guy. He's really he's sure. Very yeah, he was so cute. Didn't he like show up on a horse? And he had like a leather vest on what? and a hat. Yes, oh, that was down. Yeah. Like we God. shot that down in Texas. Yeah, he and I were riding together. I was like, "Oh, that's so Shelby." And I had horses and me. We just don't get along. But he's very comfortable on a horse. He did great, Doug. Yeah. That's really, really you're really fighting that. I want to go home. Look, no, I know. <laughs> Wrap it down. up. Wrap it up. Take baby. us out, Tom. There you go. That's gonna do. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family. 